0: This is an Equity Mates Media podcast.
1: Equity Mates! I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. Well, I learned at 20 is
0: Equity
1: Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, where you can ask us the questions that you wouldn't ask on a date. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name's Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going, bro?
0: I'm good, Bryce. I actually do ask these questions on dates, and that's why I never get a second one. <laughs>
1: Well, look, uh, you can always learn from your mistakes, Ren. And luckily for you, people do keep coming back and asking all the questions for us. So this is your time to shine and good luck on all future dates. Thanks. If anyone is keen and wants to talk to Ren about stocks <laughs> on dates, you know where to find him. <laughs> So Ren, today is the Ask Us Anything for the month of August. We are a an episode late. Apologies, it missed our content schedule. So we're we're going to catch up, and here we are. So hundreds of questions have come in over the last thirty days or so. So we've sifted through and and taken out some of the ones that appeal to us and ones that we thought would have uh, some a good, I guess, interest for our listeners. So looking forward to getting stuck into that, Ren. But before we do, a couple of Admin, house admin things from my end. Firstly, Ren, the Facebook group, our forum discussion group online, Equity Mates discussion group is absolutely kicking off. There's some great conversations happening there. A lot of people are starting to ask questions of the group and everyone is starting to give their own opinion, which is awesome. And the reason that we set it up to get the community chatting to each other. Um, you don't always have to ask us for the answers. We don't always have the answers. So this is another way of asking all the questions that you want to know in a safe, friendly environment where uh, you can ask any question you want investing or otherwise. So jump on there. If you're not in that group, head to our Facebook page and you'll find the link. Similarly to that... Well, hold on, hold on. on. Before
0: we... You, everyone should know that rumor has it that Bryce has actually made a fake Facebook account... To go on to the discussion group <laughs> To ask some questions that he wasn't sure about And didn't have the confidence to ask of From his own profile So um, abs- try and figure out Which account is Bryce's fake account <laughs>
1: Unfortunately, no one's going to be able to figure it out, Ren. Because I'm always, getting, I'm you're, you're getting closer. Massive porkies. He won't you're even tell massive, me which one it is. Selling <laughs> massive porkies.
0: Yeah, that's all right, mate. We well, all know the truth.
1: If you're looking to get responses from Ren on any of our feeds, <laughs> don't bother because he doesn't even know the login account, login details for anything other than his um, phone screen. So. <laughs>
0: Uh, Come on, mate! Don't, don't, don't change the subject here. Um, (laughs) That's fine. You can lash out, but you know we're we're still going to figure out what your fake account is. (laughs) Best of luck
1: to everyone out there trying to find my fake account. (laughs) Speaking of accounts, if you're not following us on Instagram, head on over, follow us. There's some uh, good content going. We let you know when we've released all of our episodes and some other cool things during the week. So follow us over there and. Also, you must not miss our Thought Starters every Monday. It's an email that we send out with five interesting articles uh, that are going on around the world. Ren puts a lot of effort into that. So it's a fantastic uh, way to start your Monday, procrastinate at your desk if you have to do sales reports or whatever it may be. Head to our website, equitymates.com, and there is uh, a page there to sign up. I think it'll even prompt you to sign up as soon as you hit the, the homepage. So make sure you're doing that because there's some awesome information that comes through there and you will get some very interesting articles to, to kick off your week.
0: I think at the moment, we're in a rich vein of investor letters because we're at the end of the financial year or at the midway point if you're in the Northern Hemisphere. But what it means is that there's a lot of really good investors making their what, what they're buying, what they're selling, and also their thoughts on the market are public. And if you want to if you don't know where to find that, uh, Thoughtstarters is a good good place to start. So, you know, it's, a, it's a, it, I reckon it's probably the most valuable few pages that I've read are some of these investor letters. So, you know, if Bryce is spilled in sell it, hopefully that got you over the top.
1: Yeah, nice. Absolutely agree, Ren. And then two things finally before we crack in, Ren. First one being we would love for anyone that hasn't rated and reviewed the show through your podcast app whatever it may be if you haven't please if you could do that that would be awesome ratings and reviews really help us help us grow the community grow around the world so we are really appreciative if you could spend two minutes doing
0: that let's say this if you rate and review us and you give us a good rating but your review is funny we'll read it out on the podcast
1: yeah nice deal Let's make that happen. I really appreciate it. Ren, Ren and I have been do- doing this for two and a half years now just for the love of listening to each other chat. So, um, we would really appreciate if you could just spend two minutes doing that.
0: We actually don't speak outside this podcast. That's, that's a little known secret about this. I have no
1: idea what you're doing in your life.
0: I don't know what you look like.
1: We've never actually met.
0: <laughs> We're actually the same person.
1: <laughs> anyway now we're probably really confusing people who have just joined the show welcome and speaking of new things Ren I, I, I haven't spoken to you about this offer so I'm going to pitch a new idea to you I'd like to know what you think but I would love to bring in a celebration each episode if we can and that is celebrating new investors beginner investors who have purchased their first stock I'm hoping that anyone on our social feeds can let us know if they have jumped into the, the journey of investing and, and made their first purchase, you can let us know what it was and why you kind of picked it. And then we can give you a shout out on the show and, and maybe talk for two minutes about what stock you bought. And if you want to jump on and chat with us, then by all means that would be even better. But I think it's definitely worth celebrating that the first step of buying stocks.
0: Yeah, love it. That's that's a cracker. It's a good idea.
1: Awesome. So if you have purchased your first stock Hit us up, email, Facebook, whatever, and uh, we can give you a shout out. So, Ren, do you want to kick off first question from our
0: listeners this week? Uh, Can do. So, no name to this question, but our listener has just started investing and they are a little bit nervous to invest more than $500 and what they want to know is, is $500 enough to start And then if it is, what are the right places to put that $500?
1: Great question, Ren. And awesome that this listener is looking to start investing, you know, getting started in their journey. So awesome, congratulations. To answer is $500 enough to start? $500 is enough to start. It's how much I started with. And generally, you will find with many of the bigger brokers, you need at least $500 to get started. So to answer that question... Yes, it's enough. My only point would be consider how much you are paying for brokerage. If you're paying twenty bucks brokerage, then that's four percent of your five hundred dollars. So uh, keep that in mind when you are investing smaller amounts, such as that. There are many different ways to start out with five hundred bucks. More so now than ever, there are a lot of micro investing apps. They make mention of arrays in the question. In the question, so that's uh, a place that you could start and get sort of used to putting some money away for investing, you know, Ray's offers a bit of a diversified portfolio across different types of assets. And then I think Spaceship also has something similar. So if you did want to start that way and take away the pressure of choosing a single stock, then that might be a way that you could do it probably a bit more comfortably. Then also that you can look at investing in ETFs, which are not, uh, I guess, direct stocks. They give you exposure to an index or, or a theme. So if, if you have a, a theme in mind, say marijuana, or there's a, an industry that is appealing to you, there might be an ETF exchange traded fund out there that you could invest in. So that's probably something that you could look at if you feel like you don't have a lot of knowledge when it comes to directly investing in stocks. But my biggest piece would be that once you're in, you'll then start, I guess getting interest more and more interest and involved in the markets and it will all kick off from there. So I think just a massive congrats to this listener for at least wanting to start and 500 will certainly get you on your way. Anything from your point of view, Ren? No,
0: nah, I think you nailed it. Just just get started is the main thing. So from the small in terms of $500 dollars to the large, our next listener has $100,000 saved up. So full credit for the saving habit that you'd have to be in to have that amount of money saved. Huge. So the listener wants to know with that much money, oh, and the other caveat is they're looking to put a down payment on a house soon. Okay. So, But with that money in cash, what are your thoughts about putting that in the stock market Uh, keeping in mind there's a relatively short time horizon given the desire to buy a house. And then, you know, is something like a stop loss uh, enough to protect uh, that amount of money?
1: In my opinion, this you know, if this is a risky way of trying to protect your house deposit, anything can happen in the stock market, we know, Ren. So, whilst we've been in a bull market for the last 10 years or so, there's no saying that that is going to continue from tomorrow. So, if you are looking to keep that 100k as close to the 100k mark as possible for a house deposit then putting it all into the stock market certainly has its risks uh, i understand the idea of using a stop loss to protect the downside so for anyone so a stop loss i guess is essentially a, a type of order where you can set A a price at which it will trigger a sell. And so, if the stock falls and and hits that point, it can trigger the sell and you can limit the amount of money that you lose. However, there is no guarantee that the stop loss will always kick in. If there's a huge drop and there's no one there to buy at that price, it can fall through in some instances. So, there is no absolute guarantee. So, I think from my point of view, and I'm not trying to advise anyone here, but from my point of view, I would be very careful if it's a shorter time horizon i'd probably be looking at other ways to put that money to work in a safer environment than relying on a stop loss to limit your your downside any thoughts from you ren
0: no i think you you hit the nail on the head there around the stop loss gapping down and it actually not selling when you hoped it would sell so stop losses aren't perfect they're good they're not perfect as a rule of thumb i wouldn't put money into the market that i needed Mm, so mm. you know potentially you you take a portion of that 100k and you say if i lose that i can earn it back and i'm not trying to buy a house tomorrow but yeah look if you if you save that money for a purpose and that purpose is coming up very quickly i'd be very hesitant to put it into anything that carries risk
1: yeah agreed all right, Ren. So the next one comes in from Joe. Joe is somewhat new to investing and he's noticed that the, uh, there's a correlation between the ASX 200 and the Dow Jones, which we have spoken about before. He, he see, he sees that if the Dow Jones goes up 3%, then most likely the ASX 200 will follow suit and vice versa if it, if it goes down. So he's wondering if he can make money by buying into the ASX 200 at the start of the trading day if the Dow Jones has gone up the night before. And vice versa, can he make money if he sells uh, the ASX200 at the start of the day if the Dow Jones has gone down as well? So what are your thoughts on that as a strategy and also the um, identifying that correlation?
0: Probably one general point and then maybe a specific point about the ASX200 v Dow Jones. So the general point is these trends that you find if they were perfect and, you know, they were perfectly captured and, you know, easy to build an algorithm to trade, someone would have built that algorithm. And look, maybe, maybe they do exist. But then a lot of that, the value in that trade would be eroded just because, you know, there'd be so many people chasing that trade. And so what you'd expect to see then is if the Dow is up 3% and everyone's making that trade, then the ASX would open up that same amount, and so so you, by the time you bought that change in the Dow would be priced in. So so that's a general point about where you find these trends and these intricacies. If they are perfect correlations and you're guaranteed to make money, there will be big organisations with a lot of computing power that are trying to you know take that out of the out of the opportunity set for retail investors. I'm not sure how perfect the correlation is. Have you looked at the this correlation?
1: Not specifically, no, only from a general point of view.
0: Uh, yeah, I would just be hesitant like the the Australian market does follow the US. the the Australian market, yeah, it's a follow, it's a follower. it doesn't lead in a lot of cases. I would just be hesitant. You know there's a lot of factors that go into the movements in the market. I'm sure there is a way that you could, make money you could probably build a trade that hedge some of your risk and all of that but i think uh, for for me understand how you're going to make money on a trade you know like these companies are good at what they do they make money over the long term like that's a, that's an easy investment thesis for me finding the right companies to invest in finding a correlation and then trying to trade on the back of it is probably not my cup of tea but you know what? It could be yours. You could make a lot of money on it. Power to you.
1: <laughs> Full credit. Yeah, I'm with you, Ren. Difficult to achieve and as you said, the correlation is not exact and not always the same. I echo all of your your comments there. Just out of interest for Joe, perhaps it would be, he might find it interesting to have a look at the futures markets just to get an indication of what the the market's are ex- sort of expected to do from an investor's point of view before open. So, not that that is by any way means a hard and fast of what will happen, but just to add to the arsenal of information, maybe check out futures futures markets, Joe. All right, Ren, shall we move on?
0: Yeah, now I'm going to ask you this one because I reckon you are obsessed with this trade. A listener, Fletcher, has written in and asked about the ETF B bus. Which is a inverse ETF, which means when the market goes down, you make money through this ETF. Now, you've uh, loved this trade for a long time, Um, (laughs) except for December or except for the end of last year, uh, the market has gone against you. But um, you know, we we keep seeing signs that one day this trade is going to come good in a big way. So, tell us your thoughts on this ETF and uh, that trade more generally.
1: Yes, well, Fletcher, you're my man. Welcome to my camp, um, <laughs> Bebus. <laughs> firstly, we spoke about this at some length in our latest mastermind episode with Julia Lee. So, if you'd like some detailed discussion around this and Julia and Ren's thoughts on B-Bus. Head over and listen to that if you haven't already. But as Ren said, it's an ETF that negatively correlates to the US share market, meaning that if the US share market goes up, this stock goes down. And if the obviously US goes down, then the stock goes up. So you want to be using this when you think that the market in the US is going to go into a downward trend. As Ren said, I have had my eye on this for a while, but don't mistake in that with, I have been in this stock for a while. I'm not actually a shareholder of this at the moment because as Ren also alluded to since December, or at least for the last 10 years, we've been in a pretty, pretty strong bull market. So you would have lost a lot of money if you had held the stock for this period of time. This more than anything is a stock that you kind of need to do to when you're trying to time the market somewhat, it's definitely not something that I would be buying and holding unless we're in a, a very significant and obvious bear market. And then it's probably worthwhile having it, um, considering it in your portfolio, but it's not something that I would be, uh, having sitting in there at the moment. And I'm also not really trying to time the market with it either because it is leveraged. So, um, you can really lose out in a big way and very quickly. So, buyer beware when it comes to BBus. Anything from you, Ren?
0: No, I think I think that sums it up. Yeah, it's a it's a tool. Um, it's yeah, it serves a purpose. Nice.
1: BBUS is the ASX ticker. If anyone wants to have a look at it, it's um, it's by beta shares. All right. Next question, Ren comes in from Nathan. It's. Uh, It's a bit of a doozy. It's got a a fair bit of weight to it, pretty dense. But I guess what he wants to know is he's just kicking off starting the process of buying his first shares. He's thinking about Vanguard ETFs as as most beginners do, and that's great. So he is wanting to know a couple of things what's your go-to, what's sort of the main thing that you look for when it comes to to stocks in the stock markets? Do you generally think, oh, wow, that's a great idea. I like that company as a business. Um, How do you find those businesses? So, I guess generally, Ren, where do you start when it comes to finding a stock?
0: You've left out the second part of that question, which is the part that I thought you would want to answer, which is he's asked about the company Brickworks, which you was your first investment. So you, you can you can share your thoughts on that if you want to um, at the end. But to, okay. to the main part of his question, what do we look for in a good business and how do we know when we found a good business? I mean, the fact of the matter is there's no hard and fast answer for this in the same way that I was explaining earlier that if there was an easy answer for the correlations between different markets, someone would have built an algorithm to perfectly trade it it's the same here. If if there was a set of factors that led to the perfect business, investing would be easy. Build an algorithm, find me those factors, or as many of those factors as you can find in one business, and then let's just put our, all our money in that. The The challenge and the joy, I guess, or well, at least for me, of investing is that Businesses that look the same or could have similar metrics can have very divergent outcomes for a variety of reasons. And it could be down to who's the CEO and how the business is managed or where the business is located or whatever, how the business is capitalized. There are so many things that those minor things could be the difference between success and failure. But in saying that, in a general sense, what I look for and I think what a lot of investors look for are businesses that have strong demand for their product or their service that can adjust their prices and not have, not lose all their demand, either, you know, because people don't want the product or because competition takes it. So they have a moat to protect them from their competition. And really, that are just well run businesses that will generate cash, generate profit. That, and they'll be able to reinvest that into the business and be able to grow their operations, grow the amount that they sell, um, and ultimately grow the returns for their shareholders. So I know, I know it's very general, but unfortunately there isn't a you know set of three to five criteria that tell us what the perfect business is.
1: Yeah, nice, Ren. I agree. I think, as you said, no hard and fast way, and kind of linking to the first question is from my point of view once you get started just with one stock you will start really finding the the process a lot easier and you become more aware of what's going on and then it all just becomes a bit of a snowballing effect so just get stuck in i guess
0: yeah you you really do just learn as you go it is yeah like it's it's a truism it's it's obvious but you as you learn more about investing as you read more about investing hopefully as you listen to more investing podcasts you'll just pick up things in your day-to-day and you'll you'll notice different things and the investment ideas will start to flow because you're thinking in a certain way and you're noticing things that you didn't notice before i mean i've definitely found that both in my investing journey but also just in my in my day job the amount of little data points that i Up when I'm, you know, looking at other companies or, you know, whatever it is that, you know, we might be doing business with and you just, you just notice things as you understand more about investing and about how companies go well. And I know that's not, you know, everyone wants to understand everything from day one. Like I definitely did when I started investing and it's, it's annoying to hear, it's annoying to hear someone say it takes time and it, takes effort to learn but it is really true but once it starts clicking and I don't reckon it's started clicking for me in a meaningful way yet but I'm just you know we're slowly slowly getting somewhere you really you really open your eyes to what's out there and it's exciting
1: Mm, mm, absolutely I love it and it's a lifelong journey even look at the best investors in the world who have been investing for 40 or 50 years like they're still refining the art of investing. None of them say that they have absolutely nailed their strategy and techniques. So everything's changing very quickly. So don't feel stressed or anxious that you don't know everything at once because uh, that will certainly just hold you back from from getting in there and having a crack. So yeah, just get in there. To answer the question there, Ren, about the brickworks. Yeah, here we go. Well, <laughs> actually, so BKW, the ASX ticker BKW, is actually a company um, called Brickworks and they are involved in the manufacture of um, bricks and concrete. However, I invested in BKI, which is Brickworks Limited, and it's actually a listed investment company. So, slightly different. I actually don't know the relationship between the two. I don't know if there is a relationship between the two, but I am not invested in BKW and don't really have a view on it because I haven't done any analysis on it. Uh, BKI, however, I am still in and it was the very first stock that I bought and it, it, it is a listed investment company, as I said. So there's the, there's the two differences.
0: There you go. Nice one. I wonder if anyone mm-hmm. listening to our podcast made that mistake when, you, when we talked about Brickworks. What buying buy into <laughs> BKW, BKW because- instead? Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope not. And apologies to anyone. Well, you know what? It just goes to show that we don't give investing advice on this podcast, and you shouldn't be following us into trades. That's that's not what this podcast is for. <laughs> <laughs> so, do it at your own risk.
1: True. All right, Ren. So that brings us to the halfway mark of uh, our. Ask us anything for August so that we can stick to somewhat of a, a nice length of an episode. We'll leave it there and pick up a part two for next episode. We've got some great questions still to, to go. Didn't want to drag this on, so uh, we've picked out some, some great ones for next episode, and we will leave it there for now. Always good to chat stocks with you, Ren, and uh, we'll pick it up next week.
0: Equity mates and the people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. This is general advice only. Please speak to a financial professional to understand how they pertain to your individual situation.
1: Tech with the mind. I will say this about investing everything you do learn is cumulative. What well, I learned at 20 is you.